This is AgriPulse Open Mic. I'm your host, Jeff Daly. Our guest this week is Oklahoma 3rd District Congressman and Chair of the House Agriculture Committee, Congressman Frank Lucas. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Robo AgriFinance, offering a comprehensive portfolio of services that give producers and agribusiness the right products to prepare for and take advantage of market opportunities. For more information, contact Robo AgriFinance at 855-722-7766 or visit them online at RoboAg.com. AgriPulse Open Mic continues with Congressman Frank Lucas next. As a leading financial services provider in the United States, Robo AgriFinance adds value using industry expertise, client-focused solutions, and by creating long-term business relationships. Robo AgriFinance offers a comprehensive portfolio of services that gives producers and agribusinesses the right products to prepare for and to take advantage of market opportunities. This comprehensive suite of services includes loans, insurance, middle market, input financing, and effective risk management products. Robo AgriFinance is a division of Rabobank, the premier bank of the global agriculture industry and one of the world's largest and safest banks. For more information, contact Robo AgriFinance at 855-722-7766 or visit them online at RoboAg.com. This is AgriPulse Open Mic. Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas worked with other House and Senate leaders for over two years to craft and approve the current farm law. For the 114th Congress, Lucas will relinquish the chairmanship of the Agriculture Committee but remain actively involved in agriculture and issues that affect rural America. Well, I will continue to be a senior member on the House Agriculture Committee, senior member on financial services, and not much noticed by my constituents, senior member on the Science Committee. I, uh, at this moment, do not anticipate being a subcommittee chairman anywhere. I will be something wonderful. It's called a citizen, a member of Congress. I'll be able to devote my energies and enthusiasm to uh, all the matters that are important to my folks at home and uh, citizens across real America. But don't uh, don't assume for a moment that I'm lowering my commitment to the 2014 uh, Agricultural Act that uh, the House Agriculture Committee uh, put together. This is a struggle that will continue because we will be attacked next spring in the regular appropriations process. People go after the insurance money. Uh, people will, will go after the conservation money. There will be debates about whether the reforms in food stamps went too far or not far enough. Defending this five-year farm bill is going to be an everyday job. I leave it in the capable hands of Chairman Conaway of Texas and, of course, uh, my friend and colleague that will continue to be the ranking member, Colin Peterson of Minnesota, but we are all going to have to work to defend uh, the 2014 Agricultural Act. Well, there is no doubt that the the chairman and the ranking member are shrewd when it comes to a pencil and a spreadsheet as they're both CPAs. Let me rewind and ask this. How were you able to accomplish approving the Agriculture Act signed earlier this year? It took two and a half years to do what should have been six months. It took two and a half years to build a level of trust, not just in the House Ag Committee and the Senate Ag Committee, but amongst the membership of both the House and the Senate. Uh, in, a, in a period of time when it's difficult to get anything done, it seems to be impossible to get comprehensive big bills done, and even more difficult when you're passing bills that reform every fundamental part of an existing law. This is nothing short of a miracle. But that said, I developed, and I think the committee developed, a level of trust with the membership. Uh, I won't deny for a moment that for the last year or so, when questions would come up about the Farm Bill, both Republicans and Democrats alike would come to me on the floor and ask questions. And I'd look them in the eye, 
and I tell them the absolute truth, well, this will do that to your constituencies, or this will do this to your political future, I would explain in painful honesty uh, what the impacts were in the circumstances. And when it came push to shove, the membership trusted Colin and I, and they voted with us, even though there might have been a lack of enthusiasm, perhaps, by leadership on both sides of the aisle in the House. How do you feel about Secretary Vilsack and the USDA's implementation process thus far, and obviously now that real sign-up in the crop program is beginning? Well, first let me say that the Secretary was very cooperative in trying to pull all the pieces together at the end to, to finish the farm bill. So I pay great respect to Secretary Vilsack for that. I think he and the department have worked diligently to try and implement as quickly as they can the comprehensive farm bill. Dramatic changes all across the spectrum. Now, do I have some frustrations? Uh, the APH issues, uh, production history adjustments to reflect super droughts like we've gone through in the southwest, of course I'm disappointed that they have not been able to uh, implement that for winter wheat. But by and large, I think they've tried uh, in a very difficult circumstance to put the bill into 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 rule and consequently into law as quick as they can. So overall, I give him an A on APH. Well, my neighbors wouldn't be very happy at all about that. Is there a definition about actively engaged in farming? Well, there are all sorts of definitions, and we rely on old definitions and new definitions and adjustments. Uh, those are all things that ultimately have to be interpreted in the rulemaking. But I'll give the secretary and the department the benefit of the doubt, and if there's a major disagreement over the next year or two or three or four or five over how uh, the spirit of the law was implemented, then uh, I promise you the committee will work very diligently to help correct that if there happen to be those cases. In this risk management safety net program that you were able to craft and the president signed, do you think it will function to protect agriculture in this period of lower crop commodity prices? When we started down the trail, and even uh, towards the very end of the bill, there were a lot of folks across the country who said there will never be a sad day, we'll never have a low price, there will never be a problem again. Uh, but I've been around long enough. I went through the pounding that uh, we all took in the early 1980s. I was just trying to start to farm in the, in the mid-70s when we came through that adjustment. My parents uh, lived through the drought of the 50s. My grandparents who one of whom I actually started farming with in 1977 full time was uh, they were they were literally victims of the great depression for every uh, good day there's going to be a bad day and you have to prepare for that that's why we gave choice in the bill that's why what was price or revenue producers had the ability to pick the program they felt best worked for them you remember we had a mighty struggle many people in this town uh, many people in congress wanted a one size fits all shoe well, if the corn farm my grandfather Lucas was born on in Indiana was like the cotton farm my grandfather Adderholt was born on in East Texas, like the wheat farm that I was born on in western Oklahoma, if they were all just alike, it'd be great. But they're not. Different crops, different commodity conditions, different weather patterns, different, different circumstances. That's why choice was so important. I have faith in my farmers and ranchers and the folks out there who will work with them at USDA and the land grants and the private foundations to make those choices. You mentioned that there would be challenges financially toward implementing this bill and maintaining funding. Do you think you can save the money that initially CBO and others scored with the policy? Well, I don't know that I can guarantee that, but I believe the thing that I have to do, that we have to do as a committee, that Congress needs to do, is to preserve the resources that are committed now. 
uh, there's only one really big uh, pot of money left, and that's related to crop insurance, protecting that and making sure that the commitments, no matter which option you take, price, uh, revenue, that the, that what you agree to when you sign up, will will the benefits will be there, will be the struggle now. We are in an adjustment period in production, in my opinion. Part of what we're going through is driven by the artificial demand created by ethanol. A part of it reflects the artificial supply drop in 2012 because of the great drought in the Midwest. Uh, ethanol production probably is a stable point now. Weather patterns in much of the Midwest are back to something more normal. We in the south, Southwest are still dealing with a drought that's impacted the livestock industry. But we just need to let these safety tools work until things work their way back to a more normal circumstance. And they will. They will, Jeff. All right. With regard to the next farm bill, uh, Mr. Conaway uh, obviously has suggested he's willing to embrace. He's talked about holding hearings and, and taking the pulse of the industry. What coalitions will be necessary to bring a new farm bill? And will we call it a farm bill or will it be a rural America bill that has farm policy in it? I don't know that I can answer that second part, Jeff, but I will say this. Uh, one of the challenges of this last farm bill was the struggle to get all the various uh, regions and commodity groups, the various perspectives in the general farm commodity groups to pull the wagon together. Uh, it took a while, but we finally got there this time. If we are not cohesive, if we're not working as a team, if we're not pulling the wagon, so to speak, together this next time, we won't have another farm bill. We just won't have one, so we have to work together. You've talked about, and others in the GOP have talked about, the power grab from the EPA. In the 114th Congress, a wider majority for the GOP in the House, 53 or 54 votes in the Senate. How does Congress address WOTUS and other elements of EPA that many in agriculture have opposed? Well, whether it's WOTUS or WORTUS or a bunch of other things, bear in mind that this is a president now who I fear will adopt a bunker mentality down at the White House. He basically flittered away the first six years of his administration. He flittered away his majority in both the House and the Senate, uh, damaged his National Party brand, uh, he doesn't have the ability in 24 months to to change all of that. The only thing that he can do is try to bring uh, the new majority down to his level. Uh, that makes legislating tougher. So don't expect big, grandiose bills in the calendar year 2015 or 2016. But with control of the confirmation process for appointments in the Senate, they'll rein in some of his picks to run the federal government. And with control of the appropriations process, those the House and the Senate will have to use that as a tool to try and restrain the actions, take away the money to implement some of these, uh, what my constituents would define as crazy rules back home in Oklahoma. But that's the direction. He's not going to sign anything. Uh, he's, he's, he's in siege mentality. But we can make a real difference through the appropriations process and uh, through the Senate's control of his ability to appoint people to the executive branch. Will there be a further debate over nutrition and nutrition programs in this new Congress? Uh, Chairman Conaway has made public statements, and I support this, that he wants a total review of every facet of the Farm Bill. Uh, accordingly, a part of that are the social nutrition programs. So I would expect a great deal of scrutiny of all parts of it, but also since 80% in recent years of the money uh, in so-called farm bill spending has gone to the social nutrition programs, a real scrutiny of that. 
But bear in mind, too, Jeff, we have this 10-state pilot project out there to give 10 states the ability to mandate able-bodied adults without dependents to work for their food stamps. I'm hoping that those 10 little laboratories scattered around the country will come up with some good ideas that will help continue the reform process in the social nutrition programs. World Trade Organization has said that you can have a country of origin labeling set of rules. You just can't do it the way that you're trying to implement it. Uh, Secretary Vilsack has suggested this may be a point where Congress has to step back in. Congressman, with your experience in uh, in the Hill and with agriculture programs and livestock programs, what do we do with COOL? Uh, twice the department's tried to implement it. Twice we've been thumped by the World Trade Organization. Uh, I don't see how you fix something that uh, doesn't seem to be workable. Uh, the Senate chose not to touch the issue, wouldn't touch the issue in the final conference on the Farm Bill, but... Uh, my frustrations, I think, are shared by a lot of people out there. If you can't make it work legally, if the consumers don't seem to be responding to it, uh, why continue to risk having trade sanctions imposed on ag and or the rest of the American economy for such a such an idealistic program? With regard to trade, the president does not have trade promotion authority, and there are a couple of big multilateral deals on the table in TTIP and the Trans-Pacific Partnership. What are your thoughts on trade in this 114th? How important to agriculture? How do you forge your way through? We should never forget that farmers and ranchers were exporting before there was the United States of America. Uh, when we were a half a dozen different colonial authorities around uh, North America, we were exporters. We have to sell into the world market. So trade's important to us. Fair trade, free trade uh, have to go together. Uh, I believe that whether it's Trans-Pacific Partnership or dealing with the Europeans, we have to work in that direction. I know that there's much concern about giving this president any authority of any kind based on how he's handled his business so far, but he's at the point in his administration or giving him authority would lead to new trade agreements being arranged essentially by the next president, whoever that is, in 24 months. Uh, but herein, it's not a Republican side of the House problem. The biggest challenge is the president's own Democrat Party members in Congress don't trust him sufficiently to give him trade promotion authority. That's just cutting to the point. Mr. Conaway assumes the chair of the House Agriculture Committee and Mr. Peterson there beside him. What recommendations do you offer for them and specifically for agriculture groups now as, A, you're protecting the implementation process and the funding for the current bill, but also with sites for future policy? What we needs a, to be done? We have a huge new freshman class, spend every possible moment educating, enlightening, bringing those members both on the committee and outside of the committee into the realm of knowledge to understand what the Farm Bill is all about, understand the safety net, understand why we make the investments in conservation and rural development, ag research, all those things. Never stop educating the membership and use these hearings uh, that I believe uh, Chairman Conaway will uh, engage in as the vehicle with which to explain it to the world. And to my friends off the Hill, reminding all of my farm groups, just because you and I understand the cattle business or the pork business or the wheat business or the corn business or the bean business or the cotton business doesn't mean that 95% of our neighbors across the country as a whole have a clue. We have to work to educate our 
fellow elected officials, our elected officials, but also our fellow citizens. We can't ever stop telling the story about the wondrous miracle called American agriculture. Mr. Chairman, this is called Open Mic, and after six years of dedicated service and leadership on the Agriculture Committee, a job that you wanted and did uh, diligently, the mic is yours. Jeff, I uh, was raised in a farm family. Uh, My grandparents were young men and women in the worst of the Great Depression and the drought of the Dust Bowl period in the Southern Plains in western Oklahoma. My parents were young men and women in the horrible drought of the 1950s. I came home from college just in time in the early 80s to watch the collapse in agricultural land prices that literally destroyed the generation I call the Vietnam farmers, the the young men and women who came home from Vietnam and leveraged everything they had to farm. Uh, My experience has been, and my family's experience has been, that for all of the good times, there will be just as many bad times, and you have to prepare for both. I have tried very hard uh, in my tenure as chairman of the committee and ranking member before that. And remember, I'm a farmer by trade. My university degree from a land-grant school, Oklahoma State, is in agricultural economics. I spent 20-plus years on the House Agriculture Committee. My whole focus has been uh, professionally, uh, politically, uh, on agriculture and farming and ranching. My focus has always been to make sure that we had a farm bill that was a safety net that would help us when we needed help on issues that were beyond our control, weather, world trade, international prices, but at the same token, allow us all to farm and ranch and to make sure that that safety net applied to all regions and all groups, to treat everyone in an equitable fashion, wherever they were at, whatever they were farming, whatever they were raising, because every farmer, every rancher is adding to the health and the well-being of every U.S. consumer, and for that matter, consumers around the world. So with this Farm Bill done, when we did something that uh, probably 95% of this town thought through the whole two-and-a-half-year legislative process couldn't be done, and we did it with dramatic reforms, dramatic savings, uh, I'm just proud of my colleagues. I'm proud of the system because it worked, Jeff. You can't say that Congress is totally broken. If you look at how we went about and what we accomplished, the Farm Bill. Our thanks to this week's guest, Oklahoma Congressman Frank Lucas. AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by Robo AgriFinance, offering a comprehensive portfolio of services that give producers and agribusiness the right products to prepare for and to take advantage of market opportunities. For more information, contact Robo AgriFinance at 855-722-7766 or visit them online at RoboAg.com. For AgriPulse, I'm Jeff Alley.